Most of you by now know that I work at VIP Mortgage. A lot of you may not know why or how I got there. For us as LOs, we have a lot of options. And for me, VIP Mortgage was the perfect fit and the best place, in my opinion, to work. So if you have any questions about VIP Mortgage as an LO, or if you are a consumer and you're looking for a mortgage, you can reach out to me on social media, or you can reach out to anybody else that you may know at VIP Mortgage. And our website is VIPMTGINC.com. Welcome to Real Talk with Ryan Madrid, brought to you by VIP Mortgage. Today's guest is an innovative entrepreneur that has ties to the real estate market and is heavily involved in the community with nonprofits. His name is Justin Hodge, and he's with Muscular Movie Men. Welcome to The Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. Um, I have my nephew, Trey, over here, my sister, Trisha, over here, doing the production work for us and social media, so thanks again. Um, so let's just get rolling. Um, obviously, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, so we're a little late on this, but this is what happens in life, right? There's it, all kinds of struggles. We happens. did it today and just got to keep cool, man. It's all it's good. All good. Um, so let's just start off where, where are you from? So born and raised here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's funny, my wife and I and my two kids all born at the same hospital in Scottsdale, which is, it's kind of random. So my, my wife and I met each other later on in life, but we found out we kind of knew each other from Boys and Girls Club, which was weird. We, we went to the same places. Oh, yeah. We knew the same people. Um, which Liz, hospital was that? Scottsdale Osborne. I'm not sure. Oh, if they, I was going to say, I was gonna say, that was not open when you were born. <laughs> North Scottsdale. <laughs> it's called, yeah, it's got, I don't even know what it is at this point, but yeah. uh, we're from Banner the old, Osborne, I think. Something like that. Yeah, there you go. So Boys and Girls Club grew up there. They've now since torn down the Boys and Girls Club, which was really sad. So uh, skipping ahead a little bit, for, for me, Boys and Girls Club's always been an important part of my life. So not only did I kind of know my future wife from there, yeah. but my business partner and I went to school, uh, went, went there after school and super competitive growing up and played all the sports and all that kind of stuff. So nice. yeah, born and raised here locally. Fun fact, I also grew up in the Boys and Girls Club of Peoria. Did I not, Tricia? I did. We, we've now basketball. verified that. We've Boys got a second. Girls, yep. Boys and Girls <laughs> Club as well. Played basketball there uh, on the carpet floor. Um, that's what it was back then. I know and, the carpet floor okay. well. It okay, was the yeah. one that nobody ever wanted to go play. <laughs> I'm sure your knees looked like hell. Yeah, we, uh, that's what we had to do over there. Um, so, yeah, jumping in, I guess, to, to like you said, Josh. So you guys met at the Boys and Girls Club playing basketball together. And then did you guys go to elementary school together? No. So we, we didn't, but uh, I actually didn't like him at all at first. I'm still <laughs> on the fence a little bit. We're 30 years in, so we'll get to, we'll get to a point where we really like each other. But <laughs> so I met my future business partner, Josh Jerhill, who I started Muscular Moving Men with. And I think we're just super competitive guys. And, you know, you have that kind of fire when you work with a business partner that, you know, people do great on their own. I think there's no doubt. Yeah. And people have differing outlooks on this. I told my, my own father that I was going to start a business with my best friend and he goes, Oh, that'll fail. Right. Like, Thanks dad. Appreciate <laughs> the support. But I feel like iron sharpens iron yeah. and we both show up every day yeah. and want to one up each and other. You have totally different roles too. hundred percent. So, so you need each other. You, you have different skill sets. If, yeah. if that wasn't the case, we probably wouldn't be as successful as we are. So back up then. So you, you, Where'd you go to high school at? Saguaro. Okay, so you went to Saguaro, and then you went to ASU right after that. So I went to ASU, and I wanted to essentially be on ESPN as a sports center anchor. Okay. That, that was my whole goal. Yep. Talk about sports voice. if I couldn't play sports. Thank you. Talking to Barry White over here. <laughs> if I can, yeah, be in your ballpark. Yeah, right. But the plan was to go be on ESPN as a sports anchor, talk sports. I went to the Cronkite School of Journalism, and along with that, learned some public relations, and I was pretty good at writing. 
And you kind of come to find out there's really no money in sports broadcasting. And you're also going to probably have to move to Connecticut, which right. is across the country. And it just started to not sound very awesome. So I went and worked at a moving company when I was in college and things kind of, you know, took off from there. So what made you go do that? So you're just looking for a job and you're like, I'm going to go lift furniture when yeah. you, instead of going to like be a bartender or a waiter or something. They, they were, they weren't even, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Living, I'm living <laughs> on. on campus at ASU <laughs> yeah. for some reason. I thought manual labor would be a yeah. fantastic idea. And I was probably 17, 18 at the time. And, uh, from there within the first couple of months, they, I only had to move and drive for a short period of time. So they just started promoting me within the office. I was the, mm-hmm. the manager of the office and then I became a, a regional manager and I'm not even 21 at this point. Right. And I think people looked at me at a young age and kind of like, well, who, who is this kid telling us what to do? But I, I learned the business. And I think that if you're going to start something, yeah. you obviously need some kind of a template to work right. with. And so I learned a lot. So you were, you were a regional manager for a moving company while in college still. So going to college and I was in a fraternity and I tried out for ASU's basketball team, which didn't quite pan out for me, but stu- still super competitive at playing sports. So yeah, I had a lot on my plate. So you spent a ton of time in the, uh, what do they call that? the gym but what's it called the SRC the SRC the SRC you know that dominating the SRC okay so okay so did Josh work there too or so like tell us like how this kind of like progressed into muscular movement with Josh so it's you know probably 05 06 we both have other jobs at this point so I, I had a few years of learning the business at two men in the truck and just kind of understood the, the way to charge people how to do the the service that was needed uh, because moving in general is a super segmented business. There's commercial, there's residential, there's long distance, local freight. I mean, without boring everyone to tears about this, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very vast. So we learned one very specific aspect. And Josh did work there for a couple of weeks. But I think he got fired mm-hmm. at, at one point, which made a lot of sense to me. I probably couldn't have him <laughs> as an employee either. Uh, but he he's came, matured a lot. He's matured slightly um, <laughs> in that time. So uh, Josh had a, another job he worked at in an insurance company for Hartford. So he's at Hartford Insurance. He kind of learns this corporate way of doing things. There's a very precise, there's tons of red tape and, and you have management and all these different levels to go through. And, and I kind of knew my, my own upbringing with my dad who owned a paint and body repair shop. And he was the one and only owner. He's the guy that said, partnerships will fail. Don't do it. You need to run a business on your own. I mean, literally I saw him time and time again, throw insurance adjusters out of his office because he did not agree with what they thought. Mm -hmm. So just two completely different styles of doing things. There's corporate, there's independent. And you know, I knew moving. So we would post ads on Craigslist to move people after hours. And you move a lot of weird shady people on Craigslist. So we wore these black tank tops. We borrowed my dad's truck and trailer. We would go move all kinds of random stuff. You may or may not get paid at the end of the gig. You know, you finish eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, you go back to school, you go back to your job. And, and, you know, we kind of just felt like, wow, we've got a little bit of cash here. This seemed like maybe there's something here. Maybe we could start something together. So the, let's go back to the black tank tops. So <laughs> that was like, that's where the muscular moving men came from. You guys show up and you were just like this is our look and this uh, is our thing amongst other things. So we're both big fans of Arnold Schwarzenegger. We okay. talked about favorite movies at yep. one point. I forgot yep. to throw in every, you didn't throw one Arnold. I did not, which I'm <laughs> kind of sad about now. I could go down yeah. the list, but he, he was he said Forrest Gump, Braveheart, Gladiator, obviously Godfather. Everybody says that. Um, what was the other one? 
Should have thrown in anything Arnold Schwarzenegger. True Lies. Okay. Don't forget yeah. Pumping Iron. So we both had watched okay. Pumping Iron, I think, at okay. one point. All right. And Josh actually was Mr. Arizona a couple of different times. So he's, you know, obviously. He's got, in the bodybuilding world. He's in the bodybuilding world. There I'm more in like the tall, slim world. That, <laughs> you know, depends on other things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we figured we got to call this thing something. We can't call it yeah. Justin and Josh moving. So muscular moving men. That seems like I'm a fan of alliteration. Let's Let's yeah. give that a shot. So. We bought a logo online for 25 bucks. We called it Buddy the Box, trademarked it, and that's kind of what you see on the hat here today. And we've now since then created a real life full-size yes. character. We paid this. There's a, there's a family that actually makes all of the mascots for uh, all of the local sports teams. So this thing literally was like $12,000. We wow. bought a mascot, which is a big investment at the time. Yeah. I think we've got our money's worth. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but um, it, it, it kind of made it fun it and lovable. You. It brands you. So you name a company Muscular Moving Men. I think to a certain extent, you're kind of somewhat alienating some of the population that might want to say, well, who do these guys think yeah, they are? But right. you kind of have a you know cute and funny aspect to it with having a mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's good. Um, so you guys, so you guys got the truck. And you would work at night, go back to your work, whatever. Was Josh still at Hartford? He is done with Hartford. So he was working at his insurance job, and I okay. was kind of still doing my other job as well. And it okay. took probably six months to fully go all the way in because okay. we had not bought our own moving truck at that point. So right. funny story, we decided it was time to buy our first moving truck, and we bought this piece of junk 97 Freightliner. And we bought it from the owner of Skin Cabaret, which was right next to a pawn shop near Scottsdale Road and the 202. So we had a very professional meeting. We, we bought the truck at the pawn shop. We maxed out our company credit card. And we did the first sensible thing you do when you buy an old piece of junk moving truck is we put a radio in it. <laughs> so we had a very nice top-of-the-line sound system, yep. a truck that may or may not run. And mm -hmm. we decided, you know what? There's somebody that called for a move from California. Let's drive this thing to California and go move some stuff. So we go pick up, pick up hot tubs, weight equipment, Things that we definitely had no business moving, no understanding of how to move. Right. But our big thing was say yes and figure it out later. Right. And every job was a two-man job. Didn't matter if it was a 5,000-square-foot house, two-man job. One-bedroom apartment, two-man job. So people, I thought, I think they thought we were crazy, but um, we, we really did not have like a playbook of how to do this thing. We just right. kind of, other than figuring out how to charge for local moving, which is what I knew, we just... Figured it out as we went, and um, yeah, the first moving truck was really when we first dove in with both feet and said, let's quit our jobs. This is going to be our thing. Right. So do you think that Josh's, since since Josh came from the corporate world at Hartford, that that like helped from like more of like the staying focused from a, from a corporate standpoint and like, I don't more know, systems, processes, like he was so, he was used to kind of like, okay, we have to do these certain things on an everyday basis. And you were kind of like still from the entrepreneur world or that really didn't, it just was like, he hated that job and he just needed to move on. So know? I think a lot of the things you need when you start a business like insurance and, uh, you know, I would love to have not had to buy insurance. That was a huge cost for us come, you know, initially off the bat, you start to realize that I think there was a blend there. I, I knew, paint and body repair. I knew automotive repair. I knew moving Josh, you know, new bodybuilding and new insurance <laughs> right. and had kind of, so there was this blend and we naturally, we talked about this. Why does a partnership work? Well, I think we have different skill sets. So he's very operational, very uh, process driven, very setting goals and, and expectations and measuring that. And I'm very sales marketing, kind of more forward facing. So we blended those things together and we made every mistake you can possibly make. And we, we talked about this. And so 
I'll just kind of fast forward quickly. And if you want to bring it back. So we had had at this point, three moving trucks, I think it's 2011. And we were parking our trucks at some, you know, rundown strip mall kind of office plaza, but it was definitely not meant for parking moving trucks. So no fenced in parking. We've got these big, dirty moving trucks. They were desperate to rent a space. There's a couple of other tenants in this space. We say, we'll move in here, but we have three moving trucks. Great. Park them wherever you want. Have a great time. And every day we'd get there and we'd see all the other business owners like, who the hell do these guys think they are parking these big, dirty moving trucks? And probably three months into parking at this place, I'll never forget 1940 East Thunderbird in Phoenix. <laughs> it's, in, it's like tattooed in my memory. Uh, we showed up and all the trucks had been wiped out. So when I say wiped out, windshield smashed, tires popped, gas stolen, battery wow. stolen, giant boulders thrown into the cabs of the trucks. The, the doors rolled up. All your equipment stole. Like anything you, I mean, they must have spent an hour going through. I mean, wow. nobody saw this. We had no cameras. We had no fencing. And so you show up and it was just us basically running this company. And not only can you not go service all the clients that need moves that day, but you have to tell your team, you're going to have to go home. You can't put food on your table. Sorry, we have no trucks. So, I mean, it was definitely one of those gut check moments. So, did you guys go, well, I'm done? Did either one of you go, like, dude, this is not, this is a, I can't take this anymore. This is like not good. There's definitely a moment where you kind of think about that. But I think for me, I, I didn't feel like I really had any other options. So, we kind of went a little bit past, um, you know, my future wife and I, we had a, a baby girl that was on the way, which was kind of somewhat of the, we need to start our own business. This was 0809. But so you, don't, you guys were, hold on. <laughs> so did you guys buy the truck yet? Um, or was Jackie already pregnant? Jackie was pregnant first. And then and you bought the truck. Then later on, we bought a truck probably six months after that. We were just okay. using a truck and trailer doing very not professional moving with an right. open trailer with quilts and whatever right. straps that you had or yeah yeah it was it was kind of a nightmare well, you came up the hard way so that's that's good i mean it's a it, good story it really is one of those things i think that you got to learn these lessons and it it, it toughens you it, it hardens you so when we had that gut check moment in 2011 and the trucks are wiped out it, it lasted for just a moment and then from there and again i think having a partner makes you feel like you're going to get through it together if i had yeah. been by myself at that point i'd have been this is yeah I'll, I'll figure something else out. Yeah. So you get the trucks fixed. You, you go back the next day. We're good. We had a, uh, a bunch of guys fixing things and we literally had it done that day. And so we, we call, you know, a construction rental fence company. Hey, let's get these trucks fenced up. We're like, man, we're so solid. We've got this construction fencing and, and nobody's going to hurt us at this point. Now we're good. So probably three weeks goes by and show up one morning. Same thing happened again. All the trucks were wiped out. The construction fencing that we thought was solid had been like pried up and, and thrown down and every truck was wiped out. Windshield smashed, tires pop, gas stolen, everything you can possibly imagine. So we're kind of like, well, who the hell would do this to us at this point? Like what, what did we do to this? this? You question. have that. It's more than a gut check moment at that point. It's kind of like, well, what God, what did we do to deserve this? Right. I'm trying to like build a family, build a business. Right. You're like reevaluating all the people you did wrong. A hundred percent. I'm like, I must have done something to yeah. piss somebody off. So did you find out who it we was? We don't find out who it was. It, we then do the natural thing. What we thought was natural. We were kind of weird people, but we, we hire an attack dog service. <laughs> so we, what is that? And you can do that. We literally go online. We find this attack dog service. So this guy, William, Shows up in a panel van and a bite suit. And these were the, the meanest dogs I'd ever seen in my life. They wanted to kill him, us, anything yeah. around them. So he puts the dogs inside the fenced area. We were watching this thing and somebody kind of rides their bike along the fence. And these dogs get up on the fence and almost bow this thing over to eat this guy riding by on his bike. 
like, we are so set. We're great. We got our attack dog service, our fencing. We put some cameras in. We will never be hit ever again. But, and it, it lasted for a while. And it was another funny story in a step in our, in our history. But we went from, you know, Josh's condo to this first office. And then from there, we moved into uh, 10729 North 19th Avenue, which was a slightly less terrible office. And then we went to, uh, and we kind of just continued to build our way up. So, you know, 12 plus years in, not to fast forward, but we have a pretty cool facility just off the yeah. Cape Creek and 101 yep. at location. We have about 50,000 feet of space. Um, nobody's ever vandalized the trucks. They're parked behind a closed gate and we have a lot less to worry about. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's obviously it's a uh, success story. That sounds like some crazy stuff. So do you think that that's, well, I mean, trials and tribulations, obviously you've dealt with a ton of stuff and that was mainly at the beginning, but that's, I mean, your business is rough, dude, like for real. Right. I mean, from, from customers dealing with that and then employees, because it's, I mean, you could, those employees can go move anywhere, right? There's a ton of moving companies. So you've got to figure out a reason for them to want to stay. Right. And we talked about that this morning, like in some of the some of the things we talked about, we were, in a, we were in a networking group together as well, right? So obviously we pass business along, but um, keeping keeping employees happy, but building those building the employees up to a point where they want to stay and there has to be room for growth, right? Um, so I know like some of the guys that work in the inside now were movers at one point, right? 100%. So, yeah, so talk me through that whole process and how you guys do that. So one of our core values that we really believe in is advancement. So if you went to our building and walked inside, you'd see the six pack of core values, which we uh, ripped off from Crescent Crown Brewing Company. We actually <laughs> went to a presentation there when we had partnered with a, a different company and we saw all these things. And I think, like you said, moving is moving anywhere you go. Our crew members can go start their own moving companies, which a lot of them have done. And so how do you fix that? How do you keep guys bought in? How do you make them want to stay? Well, you've got to have culture. You've got to have advancement. So for us, our six pack is quality, financial efficiency, respect, advancement, culture, and customer experience. And it's something that's on the wall that we believe in, not just a bunch of words. And so if you don't know what that means and you work there, be prepared to drop down and do some push-ups. be prepared to go get called into HR and you need to learn it before right. you go back out. So advancement is a way that you keep people bought in. I, I'm not in a, in a dead end position. I'm not going to be a, a career mover, a journeyman. I can actually get into the office because if you went in there, you'd see operations and sales, marketing, human resources, all these different departments. And most of them are former movers. So we've trained people to go through, you know, various different classes to get them capable of working in the office and running the company. So I think that's one thing that you have to do because you're moving furniture in 120 degree heat. It, yeah. In Arizona, it's 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 almost the hardest thing I could ever ask somebody to do. I actually went back out myself a couple of months ago just to prove that you still got it. You want to go reconnect with your team. Right. So there was a couple of moves going sideways. We had some moves for some um, some important clients and one that I had booked and I felt bad because it was kind of going over. So I go out there to check on our team. It's probably four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm kind of like, you know what? Let me just help these guys finish up the move. They're probably close to being finished. It's going to be fine. I get there and I realize this is not going to be done till like two o'clock in the morning. We, we have a long night ahead of us. So um, I, I ended up being out there the whole time. You kind of like grin your, grit your teeth and bear through it. And yeah. the guys have a lot of respect for you and you have respect for them. 
I got home at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, something like that. And I just absolutely laid on the floor and I did not get up for 12 hours. <laughs> How Jackie's sore like, were you the, like two days later? If I had to go back and move <laughs> furniture the next day, I, I would have quit my job. So, but it's, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where you talk about like, what do you have to do to get people to buy in? I don't know if I've even like scratched the surface of, of, of like w- what it takes to do what these guys do, but I feel good about what we've built because um, if they show up again to do the job, we've done something right because they want to still be there. When having conversations with my real estate partners, one of the things I always ask them is how organized are you? Do you have a CRM system? Or do you have a drip campaign? Um, are you staying in contact with your referral partners, your clients, etc.? And a lot of agents do not, or they've gone through multiple CRM systems. I found a really good CRM system that I recommend. It's called escrow, the letter S grow. And immediately you're going to see an impact in your business just because of the automatic um, campaigns that are already pre-written for you. It's a great system, just a great system, easy to use. Cause I think that's one of the problems that people have. Things are already set up. Templates are already created. All you got to do is put your contacts in and let it ride. So if you don't have a system, you're looking for a system, visit escrowcrm.com for more information. Right. I mean, so do you guys measure turnover like versus other companies? Is that, is that a big deal? It, it is a huge deal. Okay. So HR, our um, human resources manager, is literally hi- hiring five or ten people a week oh, wow. and putting them through training every week. So it's not just hiring and buy, go have fun, go move some stuff. They've got to go through a bunch of different training. So for, for us... I think one thing that's interesting that we've done a good job of is um, incentivizing people. We talked about advancement, but no matter what you do, what career you're in, you've got to incentivize the people around you. And so for us, how do we get crew level employees to want to be incentivized? Well, we pay them an hourly rate, but they also can earn commission. How do you earn commission? Well, if you sell packing supplies or you do various things, you can earn commission. And how do I get commission eligible? Well, you have to pass these five training classes to do that. So I have to go through customer service training, packing, moving, you know, conflict resolution. And if I don't pass those classes, I can't be commission eligible. So you'd be amazed when you schedule a training class, how many people show up to that as opposed to, you know, if it was optional and I can't make any more money. So we're definitely all about incentivizing people. And I think that's one thing that I talk about with business owners that are going to start their thing is, is you can pay somebody. Uh, and that's great. And they probably will work hard for you, but figure out a way to buy them in and, and make them want to stay for life. Yeah. So let me just back up a little bit because we, we like to get raw and real here. So <laughs> I want to go back to, so, so sorry, Jackie, but so Jackie's pregnant, you buy the truck and then sh- you have a baby obviously. And this is like during the real tough times, right? So, so this is 08, 09, basically. So how like, from like, even like a personal standpoint, like how rough was that part was, I mean, was it like you haven't, let me just say this, let me ask this. So because of the fact you had a new kid, you're just starting a new business, right? You're in a new, newer relationship. Um, you know, that's tough dude, is to kind of break through and actually like survive that. Right. So I mean, how tough was it at the home life and, and work and business and trying to deal with all that one time just on your mental health? Stress level was like super high. I mean, you know, it's, you hit the nail on the head, but what I think the the saving grace for us is that this wasn't like a fun little project. This was out of necessity. Like we, we, yeah. we had no choice, but to be successful. So 
Uh, it's 08, 09. We're in the middle of the economic recession. People are, you know, losing their jobs left and right, losing their houses. But we found that moving is always going to be a need that people have. So yeah. it wasn't fun. I mean, you'd show yeah. up at someone's house and um, they're getting foreclosed on or they're going yeah. through a bankruptcy, but they're going to have to pay to hire a moving company. So the conversations we have these days are definitely a lot different than they were back then. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was super tough. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, with a, a new wife and, and a baby and, and I'm 24, 25 years old and I didn't know what I was doing. So we're just trying to figure it out as we go. And, you know, Jackie's at home taking care of our daughter. Uh, you know, she's watching kids to try to make ends meet for us. We're, we're living in a tiny little apartment complex off of, uh, this is uh, Ventura Vista at Cave Creek and Union Hills. So oh, yeah. I, I remember like it was yesterday being there too, this, this little tiny apartment, you know, you've got your computer set up, you're scheduling jobs. And you know, it was either that or Josh's condo and he had his own little bedroom office. And so she's watching kids and hating life. And I'm going off to work every day at 6am and trying to book moves and do them ourselves. So yeah. it was, uh, it was stressful for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's cool though, because you know, you guys dealt with so much crap that, you know, not everybody has to go through. So you've, you've had all those you know, I hate to say trials and tribulations again, but it's not really that, but I, you know, it's just, it's just a struggle, right? It, it and, is. And it, it, you know, it builds a, not only a relationship with Josh and, you know, you guys have been through a lot. You're like brothers. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and then obviously you and Jackie have been through a ton it, through that process too. It just makes everything, everything better, everything stronger, makes and sweeter, I, I should say. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about, um, so you guys brought Jim Stevens over for for your commercial side. So you decided to, to expand. I mean, you're you're always doing something, right? So you have to kind of keep growing. But so Jim comes over. How did that happen? By the way, I'm rolling my sleeves up a little bit as we speak. It's yeah. a little warm. I know it's a little hot in here. But um, uh, so we we did start a commercial division in uh, 2019. So we're almost two years in. And we, you know, office moving and residential moving are just two different art forms. It sounds kind of weird. I'm sure people's, you know, their, their radios the are turning off form. right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this guy's doing art. He's yeah. moving stuff. But yeah. it, it is because, you know, w the one way that we would do a house move is completely the different way than we do an office move. So residential move, there's three guys in one truck moving a 1600 square foot house. Uh, we're moving the same 1600 square foot office. There's probably 20 guys on this move. And the reason for that is that you put together what we call a bucket brigade. So there's crew members that stay at every 50 feet. They don't move or deviate from that. So while we could go learn that and understand all these different techniques and try to like build this commercial business, that's one idea versus we found somebody that's a specialist in another state. He's a, he's a guy like us that's our age, that's got this, want to take the hill and, 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 you know, build this big business. And we, we like the guy a lot. Actually, when I talked to Jim, I thought he was a 50 plus year old man. And he, <laughs> he sounds like this old wise man that you're yeah. talking to, but he's like mid thirties and he just got his act together. He's so. super focused. Like one of the most focused people I've ever met. It's intense. And the, so the that stare. was a, that was a crazy find. But he was in D.C. So how, how do you find a guy in D.C. to come to Arizona? So Jim Stevens is working at a company called J.K. Moving, and they're doing 50 plus million a year just in office moving. And their residential is another 50, 60. So you've got over a hundred million dollar organization. We're a fraction of that. And so what, what's attractive to him to come here? Why, why would he care? Yeah. You know, how can we incentivize him and how can we make this profitable for everybody? So one skill set that I feel like I have is being able to put together an arrangement with a future executive that is going to be beneficial for us and for them and, and creating a package that 
is a little bit at a time releasing, you know, things for them that uh, is, is going to make them uh, rich in the long run if they yeah. stay with us. So again, how do you make people want to stay for, for the long haul? So uh, we have an arrangement where, you know, he's becoming an owner of his division. And so uh, you set up metrics for that that are measurable, whether it's the top line revenue or your net profit at the bottom line or your gross profit somewhere in between. But you want to, ma- you know, track the numbers and, and know that we hit our goals. So you set revenue targets and we crushed those. So year yeah. one, we did four times what we were trying to do in revenue. Year two, we've doubled what we did last year. And we're going to crush it again. And uh, he, he's great. So you've got somebody that is just drill down focus, as he likes to say, in one part of, of uh, the, the moving world. And we've got what we yeah. do on the other side of it. And it's just, they're great complementary businesses. So that's what our whole goal yeah. and vision is now is add these extra complementary businesses. Yeah. Yeah. He was, a, he was obviously a great find. Very, uh, very structured guy, but fun. Good dude. Um, I, I didn't know if it was like from like, you guys had a relationship or what you just found it by a headhunter. Never, never LinkedIn met him. Just- so we uh, got training with, so the international office moving Institute puts together this training. They teach you how to do commercial moving. We went through that. They, there's uh, a place that does this. Swear stuff. to swear everybody. To God. If, now they've turned their now radio. Now they're all right, we can talk freely. Nobody's listening. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk for real. Yeah. Um, but so there's a guy, there's this guru that teaches this, that is kind of the godfather of it. And he introduced us to a couple of different people and said, Hey, you know what? You're starting an office moving division. I've got a great fine for you. It's so-and-so. Well, we didn't hire that guy, but the guy that uh, worked for him was Jim Stevens. And so we got gotcha. introduced. He's 35. He's got three kids, a wife, so they uproot, move their families across country to leave a comfortable three, $400,000 a year job to go start something new. Right. Why would somebody do that? Well, if they want to build something right. and have ownership and have something one day that they can look back on and be proud of and not just be a number, but actually make a difference and, and put their mark, that's kind of what we all envision together and yeah. what I think he's bought into. Yeah. And he gets and he got to leave DC and move to Phoenix, where he seems to love. That doesn't suck too. No, it's, it's nice here. So um, let's get into a little bit about your the I wouldn't say nonprofit. I always say that, but your community service work. Like you're kind of you do very similar job that I have, right? So we're out, we're out and about everywhere. A lot of this stuff has to do with you know giving back to the community, um, obviously, and you're you're the business development guy as I am as well. Um, you, you're part of EC 70 executive council 70, like we talked about at the beginning. Um, but you guys have done like a number of things before that you were involved in a ton of things. So now, now that you're part of EC 70, it's like, do you guys still focus on other things or do you use the club kind of as your, your, the place where you go for all that stuff? No. And, and I think that I gravitated towards EC 70 because of who I am and what I believe in and things that are important to me. And so one, one of the organizations we were involved with uh, a couple of years ago was Hope Women's Center. Uh, and so I got introduced to them by mutual contact. And the, the concept that I loved about Hope Women's Center was that they developed this program and they, they take in, you know, um, single mothers with children that have no other place to go. It's kind of you mom like, yep. And the thing that I loved is that they created this uh, shop that you can buy things. So they've got clothing, soap, shampoo, diapers, all these things. And how do I earn credit? I don't have any money. So they attend training classes, you know, all kinds of different things to make them better people. And then they can buy things at the store. So they were expanding. We decided to do a free move for them and, and get them into their new building. And, and for me, uh, you can do all kinds of revenue and you can build a huge business, but I, I do want to look back and be able to remember that something 
that we did that was totally different, that we took care of these people, we made their lives better. Because moving is such an emotional experience. It's not like buying, you know, a piece of clothing online and you've had your experience and the clothes show up and I'm happy or not. There's this emotional roller coaster, as you know, going through the mortgage process. We deal with the same clients just at different times. Uh, you're tied to them throughout the whole process. So are we going to close? Are we, are we going to not? Are we going to appraise? Are we passing inspection? So there's this emotional roller coaster in, in any kind of move. So when we can give back and do things like the thing, what we did for Hope Women's Center, uh, or we've done the same for um, Glendale Special Victims Unit. So Glendale Special Victims Unit reached out to, I guess, a number of moving companies. This is probably 2018. So a friend of mine there uh, wasn't a friend at the time. It was just literally a cold call. They said, hey, we've called five moving companies. We have a, a situation where we've got some victims of domestic violence that need to be relocated. Can you help us? I said, sure, let, let's let's do it. And they were so grateful and you just feel so good at the end of it. And, um, you know, that, that's really why we do those things is to be able to take care of our community. We're right. born and raised here, you know, so all our, our views align with EC70. That's just kind of who I was. So we're, we're going to continue that. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things you're probably going to be telling your kids about more than you are about like how much money you guys made at Musker moving at the end of the day, right? It's the things that your kids look at you and they're, and they're well, proud of their dad. For the event we did so. together was sleep in heavenly peace. We yep. built beds at right. North and co. Yep. And it, my daughter talks about it to this day. So really? she's 11 and she's, you know, uh, putting, you know, bed parts into the, the finisher and, and, and there's, um, we're staining pieces, we're cutting, we're sawing, we're, we're sanding. And some people yeah. kind of scattered out of there quick, but we stayed like all the yeah. way to the end yeah. and she loved it. And we, yeah. she still talks about it and we could do, I mean, the same thing. We went and fed families at boys and girls club still talks about it to this day. So those are the moments that I love the most because they're going to cherish that. And, and I'm going to feel the same way. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's like an experience versus like a material item, even with Christmas coming up, we've had this conversation, <laughs> like going somewhere and doing something, you know, as opposed we're going to do charity this year, kids that's, that's for all, Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. we're doing. Good luck with that one, buddy. <laughs> uh, Can I have some robots? Dad? <laughs> Obviously we have a relationship with VIP with our team. Um, we refer you business. I know you guys have a lot of relationships with tons of brokerages in town. Um, from your, from your work and people that, that, you know, under you that do the same thing. Um, my home group being one, obviously home smart. Um, so with us, it's, it's, you have, so you working with different people in VIP mortgage. Who, who is it besides us? So Eric Kilstrom, uh, okay, you were working with Eric before us even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we've gotten a chance to meet the ownership uh, team as well. And, yep. and the, the thing that I think about when it comes to how can we integrate ourselves and be of service in the, the transaction, right? So if I'm a mortgage broker or I'm a realtor or I'm entitled, I, I need a, uh, I need an advocate as a mover. I need to know that these guys, if there's any, any kind of issue, I can call Justin and say, we are not going to close or I need this or I need that right. done. We'll take care of it. And you really just want to automate that process. You don't want to have to worry about, Oh yeah, I totally forgot to call the moving company or have my clients call the mover. So how do we automate that process? I feel like for us, there's a couple of different vendors that we work with that really have figured it out. And when a client opens escrow, They'll send us their information and we're not even there as a sales pitch. It's, it's not even what it's about. It's how can we provide value to this transaction? Yeah. So whether it's bringing some packing supplies out or assisting them in space planning, or uh, did you know we do storage? We can help you with doing disposal of items and, and, and stuff like that. So if you approach it from being of service as opposed to a sales pitch, uh, we can absolutely revolutionize 
the the business. There, yeah. There's no reason that there shouldn't be a moving company involved in every step yeah. of the process because when the shit hits the fan uh, at the end of the, the process and we don't close, we, I'll just tell you this quick story. So um, we had a client we moved into, I think it was like a 4,000 square foot house in Gilbert. It was three trucks and we were, it was an all day move. <laughs> I've heard this story. Oh, you've heard it? Okay. So, they have it. This is it's a horror so story. It's an all day move. We showed up, they were more or less ready, but we had I think eight crew members and three trucks. Okay. So, you know, we, we, we get to, towards the end of the day. Uh, we finished seven, eight o'clock that night. Family had a great experience. They're into their home. Kids' beds are put together. It, they're ready to, um, you know, sit down and have dinner. And uh, they get a call, or I get a call at least, from the, the agent saying, we were not supposed to move into that house. We did not take possession. I, I need you to go back and move everything out of that house. And so my heart kind of sank just not only for my crew members, but for the family that was now going to not be able to sleep in their house. And we have to go disassemble all these kids beds and take all the furniture back out. And now they need to go figure out where they're going to stay for the night. So I call the crew and say, guys, I've got some good news and some bad news. They're both kind of the same. Uh, but essentially <laughs> you are going to have to go back and move everything out of that home. You just moved everything into, but you know exactly where in the truck it goes. Cause you just <laughs> took it out. So head back. So we finish it, you know, one, two o'clock that morning. But I mean, those are the moments that st stick in my mind. And, and those are the kinds of situations why we need to be so involved in the process. Yeah. So we don't accidentally move a whole family's house in. And we weren't supposed to do that. What do you do for those movers? Like the guys that are working that I mean, like beg them to come back. I mean, seriously. Right. I mean, you have to bonus them, obviously, and give them more or do something. You can't. Overtime's right? a hell of a thing. Okay. They, they definitely. Gonna, yeah. Uh, they may, because that's, that's, I mean, just for the fact is you just, it's their choice to stay. Basically. They're like, dude, I have to work until two o'clock in the morning. That's, that's a. So and they, show yeah. up the next day yeah. possibly. So yeah. it, it's, it's an insane business they, they don't get enough credit. I mean, anytime we get a chance to take care of them or take them on a trip or, you yeah. know, show them how much we appreciate them. We, we definitely do that because yeah. it's, it's well-deserved. So, um, you're working with obviously realtors, you work with lenders, does this title come into play as well as far as, I mean, can they help you as well as much as like a lender or, or a, a realtor can? Yeah. I think that if we work with a title company, it would be good to leverage our partnership to go work with a mortgage provider or, gotcha. a, or, um, you know, a realtor office so that we yeah. can partner in, in some way, shape or form. So I think that, you know, title handles a lot of the marketing material and assisting you in putting together flyers for open houses. Well, you know, muscular moving men can also support your open house. And, um, yeah. you know, we can provide some boxes and things like that for the client that's getting ready to move. So yeah, mostly agents and yeah. mortgage brokers. So I think that one of the things that you came to us with, I think that I know that some of the other companies you're working with, um, agents, they've already kind of started this process and it would be the, like you said, click of the button. So like they come, um, so you're, you're, you're innovative, I guess, in this world. You're like, listen, it should be just as simple as, uh, like a VIP, we have someone can click a button for if they want an insurance quote, right? Because we have VIP insurance. It can also be that easy for like, dude, would you like, you know, muscular moving men do? So it's something we add into our CRM system that we are working on. Um, but that's something that obviously you've approached other people with this and you should be doing, obviously. But, um, you know, that's. I think that maybe that's one of the things that separates you. Maybe that you're out and about more than most people. It's not like you're, there's a ton of movers, right? And a ton of moving companies, but you don't have like a bunch of Justin Hodges out there that are doing the same thing. You're no, doing. It, it's a super old antiquated business, which yeah. I think is, is probably our saving grace. And, and because honestly, I feel like 
I could have gone into any business and, and Josh and I could have started any business. We just happened to land on moving. Yeah. So we're kind of like a marketing company that just happens to move. And, and so you talked about how you guys have revolutionized the, the business with creating this opportunity to get insurance or all these various things. There's nobody in moving that's really doing any of this. So it, right. it's, it's a lot of guys in suit and ties showing up in your living room to give you an estimate and shake your hand and, and spend some time with you. And we don't really need to do that. I mean, a lot of yeah. the technology is so good at this point that I can pull up a Zillow listing. And uh, as soon as they give me an address and I say, okay, you've got a four bedroom, 3,300 square foot home. And, and by the way, in your son's room here, I see that the white dresser, is that going to go? And they go, holy crap. What? You, you can, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm online here. So we can do something in 15 minutes that somebody was taking hours and weeks and, and yeah. whatnot to do. So people's time is, is precious. So how do we change and be radically different from any other moving company? So I think that we're getting there. I think that we've just scratched the surface and there's a lot more that we can do. But um, yeah, we're definitely alike in that way. Um, so moving forward, uh, just to kind of wrap everything up, where do you guys, I mean, is, is there anything that you guys got going on right now that you're like the next thing that you're going to launch or, I mean, what's going on? Is there anything Funny else? Why you mention that, Ryan? <laughs> what this an interesting segue that is. Uh, so I actually we, did not know there was, but, or did you tell me? You're just that good. I mean, you're just so good at this thing. I, I really don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, real hey, talk with Ryan Madrid. Hey, I swear today. I didn't know, but. So we are launching a junk hauling division. Actually. Oh, I didn't know that. So Sorry. you did back of the mind. <laughs> Sorry. But, so it, the, the reason that that's interesting and important because, and why it's different is a lot of the time, uh, every client we move is going to get rid of something prior to their move. And for a long time, so we'll move three or 400 clients a month. And well, I, I have some things that need to go to donation or goodwill, or can you assist? And, and so we don't really do a whole lot with that. So there's three or 400 clients that are either putting their items out on the street for a bulk trash collection, or uh, maybe not being able to, to repurpose those and get them to a donation center like they should. And so what we've done is launched uh, M3 junk hauling. And what we're going to do with that is just like we talked about, be able to take clients items and take them to charity if they're going to be reused. And if it's trash, it's trash. Uh, so we have literally we're weeks into this right now and we've booked several projects and it's going to be a huge value add. So when you talk to realtors and yeah. they're working with clients, I can't go take pictures of my client's house because it's, a I, I don't yeah. know what to do. Call M3 junk removal. They'll come and assist and we'll have that conversation with a client and take the realtor out of the equation so we can help clear spaces out. Now, not every place is going to be a hoarder house situation. So I brought another specialist in to run this division, kind of similar to the conversation about Jim Stevens. Yeah. So his name is Ethan Delahunty. He came from the East Coast as well. Young guy. He's uh Oh, that's Jim's man. guy. Jim's he's, intern. Yep. He's, okay. he's the junk man. So literally every time we get one of those projects, we went out and crushed that one, by the way, with the hoarder house situation. You guys so, put all that junk into the moving trucks? Or did you put, we you did. Different so, trucks? Okay. No, no. So yeah, we'll have two trucks that are specialized that are meant for that. Yeah. So we don't, or we'll just go rent trucks. And, and we'll, <laughs> right. That's what we did in this case, okay. actually. So yeah. we don't trash up our own trucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're excited about that. So now you've got these different little ancillary businesses that are kind of all feeding the parent company, which is Muscular Moving Men. Nice. Um, and you guys are up on, like you said, the 101 in Cave Creek, uh, and that's where you keep all the trucks. You have more than one building there, right? Yeah, we have a couple. So we do storage, by the way, too. But, um, you know, so, and that's one th interesting thing that's happened from uh, COVID kind of hitting. And we had this initial slowdown in yeah. March, April. We had hundreds of cancellations, which was really scary at that point. And what we've seen since then is some of the busiest months we've ever had. October, we just finished the biggest month we've ever had in wow. 13 years. 
And so what we're seeing is people don't have any place to go. So right. now we need storage. So we have 50,000 feet or so of space. And what we do is they're called storage vaults. And we have about 900 of them and we're at 98% capacity. So Jeez. basically all of them are completely it's full. Long-term, short-term day, the, two days, or it could be months. Somewhere in between. People okay. just have no place to move into right yeah. now. So they're waiting for their new house to be built or right. they're just an attempt rental waiting to figure out where they're going to go. So yeah, it's, it's been huge for us in another side business that's become really nice. big. Well, you know, we appreciate, uh, you know, our relationship obviously with at VIP mortgage and with Musker moving man, but Justin and I, you know, obviously we're buddies, so it, I appreciate you coming on here and, uh, you know, doing this for me. Uh, we're just getting rolling, right? So it's just, it helps to have uh, some strong business people in my network that I can kind of, that relates to the real estate world. So I appreciate it. Um, thanks again to Trey and Trisha. Thanks, VIP Mortgage. Um, appreciate it sponsoring us, Zunami and uh, Escrow. So Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Justin. And we're out. So if you're like me, you haven't been doing a great job with your social media, video, and marketing. I think we all know we should be doing this, um, but it's not as easy as it looks, and, and sometimes you know, it's a little intimidating. So I found a, an app called Zunami with an X. You can find it on any of the app stores, and what they do is you actually film the video on your phone, and then you send it on over to them, and these are professionals that will edit it, and they'll put a footer and a header, and and they'll even give you scripts if you if you need them. Um, so if it's an opportunity for you to make videos and have it look great, because like I said, these are professional people doing these for you, and they'll even teach you how to upload it to social media, and uh, it'll make you look good, and it'll get you past your hesitation of doing it on your own. So check it out, Zunami with an X.